This is FS Uncovered, a podcast of M&M Service Company, serving our customers' needs by providing excellent products, services, and innovative solutions. So it's beginning of September, time for another spring and summer recap with Tony and Brian about each of their departments. So football season. That it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to talk about football right now, Brian. Okay. So... We're just going to start with you, because we always do. Very rarely you start with me, you always start with Tony. No. You get to go first this time. Perfect. So, uh, spring and summer recap. So, if you want to sum up how our spring planting season went, operations, whatever else you feel like talking about. Anything and everything I want to talk about for spring? For spring. Yeah. So, uh, you know, spring season uh, started off pretty slow. Month of April was uh, pretty cool and wet. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot of planting went on in the month of April. A few little spots probably wasn't perfect conditions at all. Um, got planted a little bit of corn, a little bit of soybeans, but uh, all in all, April was a pretty uh, minimal month for us, even in operations. Custom ammonia, dry fertilizer was all pretty slow. Even spraying was pretty slow. So uh, get into May, uh, kind of that 10th, through the 20th or so time frame, everything was going on in that time frame. Dry fertilizer, custom ammonia fleet was running hot and heavy. Planters were chasing field cultivators, and, and we got a lot of the crop put in in, in the middle of uh, little, middle of May. Really, probably the best conditions I've seen a crop kind of go in, in in most recent history. We got a good dry period and good warm period that... Uh, we got the crop off, or got the crop in, and then got got the crop off to a really good start. So, uh, entered through the month of June. In some places, especially to the north, uh, we had more than expected rainfall uh, that had happened, it, and we were still really warm, uh, so it didn't really hurt too awful much. But uh, overall, you know, through the early spring months, after the cold April or cool April, um, the crop got off, got planted and got in in a pretty good pretty decent time and uh got some good weather events that come through and, and got the crop growing established well and so yeah really for the spring other than being late or later than expected not having that month of april we had a we had a really good spring so condensed uh, you know i would say two and a half months of operations kind of down to or three months of operations down to two and a half or two months so really put in a lot of hours and commend our teams for putting in all the hours and the effort and, and uh, willingness and, and we got everything done so so yeah springtime went well no real you know product concerns uh, at all uh, when you look at you know dry fertilizers or uh, uh, anhydrous ammonia um, for springtime operations so nothing alarming there and, and seed all went in uh, no real products concerns there as well so so this would have been our first spring with our new chemical shed at our Litchfield facility. Can you go into how that kind of impacted our operations and how maybe more efficient and everything was, hopefully? Yeah, yeah so um, they finally wrapped up, for the most part, wrapped up uh, our new chemical facility there in Litchfield. I would say latter half of March, end of March time frame thankful that we didn't have much of a season in March uh, or early April because otherwise it could have been 
not fun when you look <laughs> at a lot of operations going on in that early spring time frame. But uh, we were grateful uh, to get everything pretty well wrapped up in a pretty timely fashion. And you look at the overall landscape of that shed, there's uh, three loadout bays, um, one inbound bay for, for transport trucks and chemicals uh, or liquid fertilizers. And overall, um, you know, it's definitely going to be able to uh, expand our geography out of that location running more fleets out of that location, kind of help take pressure off of um, the three other chemical locations, at least in our central geography, since we are kind of, when you look at a map of M&M Service Company, our, our northern location, Gerard, uh, Fillmore on our east, and Marine to our south, and, and uh, there's nothing really smack dab in the middle besides Litchfield, so it made sense to build a, a big brute of a... Uh, <laughs> chemical facility right smack dab in the middle to to enhance uh, efficiencies and, and uh, overall productivity amongst uh, all four of our uh, chemical locations. So really pleased. Um, as most say, when you build a shed, you wish you probably would have built it bigger. Um, we're not quite there yet, but I would anticipate in the next five years or so, we're going to wish we, want, we built it a little bit bigger, but overall it's a perfect size for us today. And I do think it's perfect size for us in the future as well. So, yeah, it's gone great. The guys have getting gotten used to all the technology that's in it, all the automation that's in it, uh, the sheer capacity of having 16 uh, 5,000-gallon herbicide bulk tanks in there for, for chemicals, for supply, um, making sure that, that they're in our possession before the season and during the season um, so there's no hiccups there and... Um, we went from loading a semi in uh, just, say, 45 minutes or, or to an hour, uh, loading 4,500, 5,000-gallon or, or better, um, down to 10 minutes. So it extremely um, improved our overall efficiencies there, getting trucks in and out of our location. Well, good. So spring uh, went off without a hitch, sounds like. Tony, energy department is very important as well can you go into just a recap of your department for the spring springtime operations and so yeah I can, i'll echo a, a lot of what, what brian said you know we started late uh compared to what we've had uh, the last several years you know there's there's some times where that can be a good thing that can be a bad thing uh you know given the the supply constraints we saw on on liquid fuels this spring, due to a lot of the some some of the overseas issues, uh, you know, we did have a period where we on out we were on allocations, but we never got in a spot where where we really got in a pinch and, and we're on low on inventory. Um, but yeah, other than other than those several weeks there where where we were on allocation. Um, no, the, the the spring went relatively relatively good. You know, whether it was on a commercial side construction going on, or on the farm side, our you know drivers were out there taking care of their customers as they needed. Um, you know, propane had winded down uh, once we got in the spring, obviously for slower months. But just like on the from the, on the operation side, just like at, on the just like agronomy, it, it was it was a good season. You know, really capped off a a good winter and fall. 
So you want to go into summertime and how that went for the energy department? Yeah. And coming off the spring, you know, summer was very similar. Uh, you, you still had concerns on supply. We, you know, we weathered through that the same thing like we did in the spring uh, on, the, on the liquid fuel side. Propane, you know, that's traditionally our summer fill time. We, that, that operation ran smooth. Uh, this year, this summer, we, you know, the, the biggest impact we had was uh, in our Madison County territory. We ended up uh, acquiring a business, uh, Wade Sales and Service, uh, out of Breeze, Illinois. Uh, they had a, a facility in Highland that we took over operations for uh, the 1st of June. So that was an impact where uh, we picked up a driver, uh, picked up some business uh, down there that that we've been maintaining this summer along with uh, all of our other customers uh, heading into fall. All right, Brian, back to you. Want to give a summer recap for the agronomy department? Summer recap, yeah. So um, similar to spring and uh, some places especially to the north, received a lot more rainfall than expected. I think, you know, our our normal season average around here is either in the high 20s or low 30s, and I think we've got some places that are pushing 40 inches of rain uh, for a season total. So, um, And we've got a few places, not too many, but a few places that are right average or maybe even slightly below average. All in all, the the rain hasn't really hurt too awful much. and you know summer months were hot probably one of the hottest summers that we've had in a while june anyway yeah yeah a lot of sunshine a fair amount of wind um a lot of 90 degree temperatures that helped our crop progress faster than uh, expected we accumulated a lot of growing degree units which uh really pushed our crop along and got it to grow really fast and uh, kind of get somewhat caught up with um, being planted in May, somewhat catching up to uh, being planted in a uh, mid to late April time frame. Because when we typically plant in April, we're, uh, you know, that corn will sit in the ground for 10 days or better. Uh, so we're not accumulating any, any GDUs. We just we just threw it in the dirt. So um, opposed to when we planted it this year, it planted in about five days it come up. So we really started growing uh, pretty darn, darn fast. So, you know, other than that, the crop progressed again pretty nicely. Um, summer in-season crop protection, um, we won't go into too much depth about that, but, uh, you know, some crop protection applications made in, in season, um, you know, kind of varied uh, on success. It didn't matter really the platform you were utilizing but uh varying degrees of success probably uh one trait platform i would say is probably a lot of folks overestimated the the potential power of that one um and potency and and i think it's it's somewhat lost its luster here in in uh, year one but uh, we have other herbicides that are that are out there currently in the market today that are uh performing very well especially in the environment we had this summer uh so you know i guess one thing i would say about that is we had some you know a lot of customers that were playing do i plant extend flex soybeans do i plant uh enlist soybeans and so we had you know pretty 
pretty good chunk of customers that planted both. And I guess what I would say in 23 is, uh, uh, let's plant one. Let's make it simple and easy. And, uh, there's herbicides that'll work in both platforms. Um, not necessarily the one that you're buying the trait for, uh, specifically. Um, but that glufosinate, uh, trait that's in both of those platforms works extremely well under when sprayed under the right environment. So beyond that fungicide season, again, growing season was fantastic. Um, after June, July, uh, adequate rainfall, fungicide season come along. We saw a record year in, in fungicides. Our record year we beat last year, which we thought uh, was was darn good. This this year was tremendously bigger, uh, especially in soybeans. And uh, I think it'll definitely pay off. Uh, you're seeing some gray leaf spot, uh, a little northern corn leaf blight. There's been a little bit of tar spot, which is kind of the new hot disease that's that's coming into central Illinois, southern Illinois. That uh, uh, it's been found uh, here in Macoupin, Montgomery County. Um, so we'll have to continue to watch that one. But uh, overall, the fungicide looks like uh, plant health will be tremendously better, and and hopefully, uh, you know, with six dollar corn, we'll be able to. Uh, uh, have a, a darn good return on investment with those op- applications. So, uh, you know, really beyond that, Krista, fertilizer season, prepay season, um, kind of got going here in the month of August. Higher than expected prices when you look at the fall customer versus, you know, what he paid last fall versus uh, this fall. But, uh, um, you know, when you compare it to spring, it's it's pretty comparable. Um, and that's the new market we're in with, uh, you know, the supply demand driven market and, uh, kind of where we're at on the higher commodity prices as well. So, um, most recently, uh, we saw a pretty significant jump in anhydrous ammonia prices. So mostly hinging from the natural gas issue that's going on in, uh, the EU with Russia basically cutting off supply or hindering supply of natural gas to the uh, European Union countries like Germany and and, uh, some other countries around that are, uh, you know, we've got nitrogen producers that are producing in those countries. And when you have natural gas over there, that's 80 or 90 bucks versus a natural gas here in the U.S., which is nine bucks today, probably or pretty close. Uh, So those cost of production differences are extremely, you know, extreme low to extreme high. So got to meet in the, in the middle somewhere and we still import a fair amount of total nitrogen into this country. So small bit, but, uh, keep a watch out on nitrogen prices as we get into fall and then probably enter into the, uh, springtime months. My fear would be, and I'm not the energy man, but my fear would be, we haven't even hit the winter months for the Europeans. So how high does it go? Will it go? But yeah, other than that, summer months went well um, for the most part. And looking forward to harvest, which has started here uh, in a few places. Probably really get ramped up, I would say, the 19th of September, that first Monday, or that first Monday, that third Monday. Uh, We'll really get to going and um, probably won't look back. Tony's shaking his head no, like it's not going to get started then, or it's going to get started before. (laughs) Getting started then is going to be bad news for us. I hear you. If we're starting that late, that's bad. Why? You push harvests even a week back at this point, 
to call it two weeks, and that's going to push everybody everybody condensed. Oh, with heating season? Time. No. Oh, just supply fuel, propane, gotcha. ammonia. It's going to just put a crunch on everything. So what he's saying is, get started. We sprayed all those fungicides. That going to make it stay greener longer? In cases, it is, Brian. It'll improve plant health. It may raise the moisture a percent or so, but not significant like the like everybody talks. The the conception of spraying a fungicide and making a corn wetter, in my opinion, is a misconception. I think in a lot of cases corn that is sprayed with a fungicide has obviously got better plant health which allows the corn plant to die more uh, let's just say naturally versus giving up and dying Um, so there's kind of a difference there Um, and probably the reason why you only see about a percent people want to talk about two three four five percent that's I have been in this business for 13 years. I've never seen that high of a moisture range. I think it has everything to do with how that... If we can give the corn plant one, two, three, four more days, five more days a week to mobilize or remobilize nutrients from the stock, from the plant, and get it into that ear, uh, versus just dying and giving up and not shoving any more into it, you're going to have increased moisture, but you're also going to have increased yield potential as well. So Makes sense. I think stock integrity is something that uh, we definitely have to watch. Uh, and I think waiting for the corn to be 18% before you go and shell it, I think we've got some of the best yields staring at us in the face. And stock integrity scares the living heck out of me because if we've got 250 bushel corn out here and we're just going to let it sit, it's probably not going to be good in the end. If no. It doesn't take much to push over a... A big ear and a probably seven, eight, nine times out of ten, you go harvest a field at twenty-five percent moisture. Your yield will probably be significantly better than when you go back into that field at eighteen percent moisture. It, it's always that way, and it's phantom yield loss. Um, no kidding. The way they talk about it, yeah. Wow. Yep. And in some cases, that phantom yield loss isn't isn't that large. Uh, you know, hybrid of the the corn that's out there is going to make a big difference. Plant health, nutrient, you know, all that stuff's going to make a huge difference, and weather on that's going to make a huge difference as well. So, I think you're going to have this dynamic this fall. Uh, you're going to have an early corn harvest for the guys who want to get after, it, go after, and get after it. Probably for the next three weeks, and then everybody's going to switch over and cut beans. Uh, and then we're going to cut all the beans we can cut until they're all cut, and then we're going to go back to corn. So uh, I think I and think that they, yeah, they're going to hope that the corn's going to dry on its own, whether it does or not. That yeah. that will be remain to be seen. But that'll be the dynamic this year. Again, we go into you go back to any year in recent years, we plant a, a, a crop in such a short amount of time. Um, and what does that do for harvest windows? What does that do for, you know, efficiencies to be efficiencies to be had um, at harvest? You know, if we're shrinking a, you know, if we're uh, take a thousand acre farmer uh, today, that's you know, you go back ten years ago, probably took, uh, let's just say, three days to plant his corn and three days to plant his soybeans with a, 
say a six, 16 row planter. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Well, he's probably planting his corn in two days and planting his soybeans in two days. So, you know, he's went from six days to four days or whatever that case is, you know, perfect ideal conditions, but they can plant a crop pretty darn fast. And, and when we're, we're working with hybrids today from the brunt of our seed sales are from 112 day to 115 day corn. So a three day difference versus a spread of saying going from 107, eight day corn, nine day corn to 120 day corn. We sell that range. Um, but the brunt of what we sell is in that the bread basket of 112 to 115, 16 day corn. Uh, so when you're planting in such a condensed window and, and you're planting the same maturity for the most part, I mean, we're only talking about a day's worth of GDUs. It's not a significant amount. Uh, all that combined with, well, when we go harvest, we can plant a, an 80 acre field in say two hours, but it takes us 24 hours or longer in some cases um, to harvest an 80 acre field or whatever the case is. So, you know, our, our harvest efficiencies are extremely less than what our planting efficiencies are, which inevitably are going to cause harvest issues uh, until we can hmm. vastly improve productivity from the harvest standpoint, which is tremendously difficult because of how labor intensive it is and how many moving parts it takes to get, especially in corn, um, you know, how much it actually takes to get a you know, a bushel of corn out of the, out of the field. So, and get it into bins or storage or market. So, um, with that dynamic, you're, you, it's something we all have to continue to look at and evaluate. Obviously it's all about optimum yield, but we're going to start sacrificing something or we are sacrificing something. If, if we don't, you know, look at the complete, circle around from when we plant the crop to when we harvest the crop we kind of just started rambling tony mm -hmm. <laughs> i think ultimately that probably will help you as well if uh you know because soybeans are seem later to mature so it's basically three to four weeks after you start to see soybeans senesce turn yellow and start to die it takes about three weeks depending upon three to four weeks until you can cut those soybeans. So based upon environment, whatever weather. So there's a lot of green soybean fields out there. There are. So that all says we're going to have a late soybean harvest, which is kind of scary. Yeah. That really, that really hurts with, with moving ammonia, moving dry, all that. Yeah. It, it's just, it's more so I'd rather cut a soybean in September uh, then I, and maybe the first part of October, then I would the last half of October, sure. November, when you look at weather patterns, um, you know, and just the amount of hours during the day, you can actually cut a soybean. But I mean, we cut soybeans at a little higher percentage of moisture today. Our harvest equipment's better to where we can harvest soybeans. We can probably gain another hour or two during the the morning or say late morning, early afternoon, however you want to say it. And then probably into the evening, um, with drapers and, and, uh, advanced harvesting equipment, um, you know, compared to 10 years ago, but, uh, hmm. but yeah, 
So we're going to shell a little bit of corn here, but it's not going to be a tremendous amount because there's not a lot of April corn. And all that May corn's, ew, we're probably still a week. In some cases, we're probably still a week, 10 days from it even black layering. So that means you may end up okay. I think that, I, I mean, I think, and I understand that, but I, 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 I'll say this though. I think the best thing that's going to happen or the best thing, the thing that's going to help, I think our whole industry this fall is, is the earlier it's going to be better for the industry just from a, from a supply of labor transportation aspect, the, the longer everything wait, it, longer it is for everything to get out, uh, the more likelihood that, you know, everybody's going to be going at the same time and it's going to put tremendous pressure on, uh, the pipelines, whether it's ammonia, propane, fuel, Anything. transportation, yep, trucks, drivers, yep, all that drivers. Yeah, so the longer everyone waits, the the more likely that potential issues are going to arise. Okay, so we talked about spring and summer um, recaps for each of your departments. Anything else you guys would like to add just before we wrap up? The only thing I would add is, um, you know, and, and this wasn't something I said, but it was something that was said uh, when we interview when you interviewed the interns. They got an appreciation of the summer of seeing just everything that goes into essentially getting everything done, and, and how I think from the outside looking in, there's a bit of we we it gets taken for granted the amount of work effort that gets put into whether sending a sprayer out, sending a fertilizer truck out, everything that goes into it, uh, there really needs to be an appreciation for it, especially in an environment like this to where we are not a, we are not a nine to five and, uh, how demanding it is to find people willing to do that now and to do it at a professional level, you know, and to have a year like we did with all the challenges, we, I think we've said it the last ever since we started this damn podcast, <laughs> uh, all the challenges that, that come up. But I mean, I think that's just, that's just where we're at. That's just a lot of challenges. And we just have a lot of people here, uh, at, at every single level that just find a way to, to get things done and do it, uh, you know, not just get it done, but, but do it in a, a way that's efficient. And, and allows the, the company and, uh, to be successful. And when the company's successful, that means our patrons are successful. So, uh, I think that's the best summary I can have for the year that I can think of. Oh, Brian, try to top that one. <laughs> the, the only thing I will say is I echo Tony in, in every regard. Um, <laughs> there is a, a huge appreciation and huge gratitude for all the employees that work for us. So I do want to especially thank uh, all our employees uh, for all their hard work and dedication um, that they have shown and professionalism that they have shown um, here for 2022, um, our year end 2022. Um, and uh, also want to thank our, patron owners as well for their uh, business in 2022 and, and look forward to serving uh, our patrons and any new patrons as well uh, in 2023. So, Okay. 
Well, I want to thank you guys for taking the time and talking about each of your departments for the past couple months. So, like you guys have mentioned, harvest is right around the corner. So, wishing a safe and a happy harvest for everybody. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> you can edit that out. This has been FS Uncovered, podcast of M&M Service Company. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Podbean or any of your supported podcast apps. 